Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And we are officially live. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Facebook Live and the Photographer's Edit Facebook page and then on the Boca podcast. Is um, I'll plan out everything I know I need to do or things that have come up or whatever it might be. And then I add those to the individual boards they need to go to. So if I know I want to do it at some point in this year, I put it on the backlog. If I know this month I want to get it done, put it on this month. <laughs> But this is something we actually talked about last week as well, which is really important to keep in mind, especially for those of you who are new to task or project management. And, you know, again, that that phrase even sounds kind of nerdy, but really what we're talking about is just simply getting things done effectively or efficiently. Mm -hmm. And uh, the the idea of having a place where you can just unload everything internally is really a stress reliever uh, on multiple levels, levels. One, because you know that you're keeping track of all of the things that at least you think you need to get done. Uh, it's really a whole different conversation whether or not we're actually spending time on things that are truly important to our business and our personal life. And maybe we can we can touch on that later. But um, having a place to dump everything so that we know it's it's somewhere, um, and then we can go to that and organize it as as needed. But it helps minimize stress levels. It helps minimize that kind of busy mind syndrome when you're going to bed at night. You can't sleep well because there's so much bouncing around in your head, you've got a place to unload that. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that, Haley. And I think this is really important. It's a good reminder for all those listening in, but but do continue if you will. Yeah. Um, so how I plan out my week, which ends up planning out my days is every Sunday night, and I mentioned this last week, every Sunday night, I do um, a plan on paper of what tasks I need to do for the week. And I write them all out. And if there's like, we do a wedding Wednesday on Wednesdays on our Instagram and I upload that to the story. So I know I need to pick a photographer's images for that day. I go ahead and I write that on Wednesday. Um, If I need to plan out my social media posts, I should probably do that on Monday. And so I just continue to put that into my, written planner, which I know a lot of people laugh at, but it's in my project management software as well. It's just, I prefer to have it on paper. Um, And then something that I started doing about a month ago was time blocking on my Google calendar. And I've actually, today was one of the first days that it truly worked. (laughs) And, and I followed everything step-by-step. Like I, over the last month, I've kind of figured out how long it takes me to do something. And so I can plan my day accordingly. And today I got a lot of the things done before I needed to finish them, which was really awesome. And it kind of gets you all excited. Well, it gets me excited that I, <laughs> that I did it, but um, now and maybe that, you're going to talk about this, but how, how did you said when you actually applied it today and, and it was effective, what did that look like? Why was it effective? How was it effective? Yeah. So I have, I'm one of those people that I'll get distracted by something um, and start working on a different project, even though it's not in my plan for the day. So if, if I had to make a graphic and then I started looking through all the images uh, from our photographers and then I was like, Oh, you know, I need to actually use that one for next week. And then the next, and then I get, you know, two weeks of social media posts done when really I don't need that done yet. Um, which I actually did that yesterday. So, (laughs) Um, but it's one of those things, like I get very, very distracted um, in working on different projects. And even though I'm getting work done, I'm not getting the things that need to get done today done. Um, So for me, like I blocked off this morning, I had to create a graphic for um, this, this podcast episode. And then after this episode, I'll have a team meeting. And after the episode or after the team meeting, I know I need to edit this podcast and get it up. So making sure that all that time was blocked off so that I didn't do anything in the afternoon or I didn't complete something in the morning that could be done in the afternoon. 
it's just really helpful to see how your day is going to flow and really utilize your time correctly rather than wasting time on Facebook. So if I, if I wasn't, well, I'll get to that, but <laughs> I'll go ahead and jump ahead to something else. Um, one thing, I forget the name of it. I wrote it down here. Um, it's a technique, the Pomodoro technique or something. It was in a podcast episode. I don't know if it's actually, oh, it's not released yet. It, it goes out in like two weeks or a week or so. We have to wait for it. Yes. <laughs> it's actually, um, uh, it's basically you take 20 to 25 minutes of really focused time and then a five minute break in between. And it's something I've actually done in the past. I didn't know that it was a technique, but I didn't have a time limit on it. So if it was like 45 minutes of focus time, by the time I hit 35 minutes, it was like, oh man, my brain hurts right now. I really want to do something else. So I've actually started implementing that since I edited the episode. And in those five minute breaks, I'm doing something that doesn't take as much focus. So if that's Instagram commenting or researching images for like stock photos or whatever the, the um, task might be, I've been using that five minutes to do something that is a little more fun <laughs> and not as, you know, labor intensive. Uh, yeah. It's labor intensive. So that's basically how I've been planning my weeks. <laughs> so with it, with the, kind of combination of your project management software, your planner, mm -hmm. and, and your calendar. These are kind of the three components of your day-to-day -day workflow. When you start that planning at the beginning of the week, I think this is a really good workflow tip, if you will, for those listening in, because uh, you're thinking ahead, you're planning ahead. It's easy, as you were talking about, to get caught up in the moment to something that pops up and they get distracted mm -hmm. from the important things, the things that actually need to be done. If we're taking some time to sit in the quiet and plan the week out based on our actual business goals, maybe our personal goals as well, and focusing on those things, making sure those things get done, making them a priority. I think this will help all of our listeners be much more efficient. Uh, we talked about earlier, it's easy to get, and, and Haley, you alluded to it as well, this, how easy it is to actually get busy just doing things, being busy, if you will, uh, mm -hmm. rather than actually doing the things that will help move our business forward. And this is something we talk a lot about on, on the Boca podcast, but it's important to first of, first of all, establish a big picture view, kind of an overarching set of goals for your personal life, which then, of course, will translate to how you're running your business, the business model that you develop, and then what you do on a week-to-week -week and even day-to-day -day basis. If you don't have that big picture view established, it's going to be so easy to get distracted um, and and I, I speak from experience as well, and, and this is also a good reminder for me, but make sure that you've got that big picture view in place. This is something that we've talked about before on the Boca podcast, so you can go back and check out um, some of the past episodes on getting things done and on setting goals, but make sure that you have that big picture view established. That will help drive certainly your personal goals, but then your business model, which drives literally everything that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. It will help keep you focused. Um, and then to Haley's point, of course, it will also help you in planning for the week. You're, you're actually pulling from tasks or projects and then ultimately tasks that are related to those goals so that mm -hmm. you're keeping things moving forward. Um, maybe just as a review point, Haley, can you uh, kind of reiterate or explain for those listening and why, why you're using Trello in addition to a paper planner as opposed to just having Trello there and going to that? Yeah, so with Trello, it allows me to put the the tasks that are not immediate needs. Um, it allows me to keep documentation of it, whereas my paper planner is what I'm doing today in the immediate time. Um, I can't plan out a big project and move it on paper. It's, I mean, I could erase it or mark it out and rewrite it, but that takes too much time. It makes a very messy planner. Um, and... I just really like having a backup to say, you know, these are the things I'm doing today, but I don't need to crowd what I'm working on in the immediate moment with things that are not important to me right now. And I feel like that's kind of where my paper planner does help me out is I'm not seeing all the other things I need to be doing. Whereas when I do log into Trello, I'm seeing everything that I need to do within however long I'm planning for. If I'm planning for the quarter or the year, I'm seeing everything. 
Got it. Um, so it helps you kind of yeah. drill down to focus on, <laughs> as you were saying, what is going on today specifically. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's important. I mean, there's there's software that can do the same thing. Trello even has some of that that um, capability built into it. But the, the key point here is don't allow yourself to get distracted by everything, um, focusing mm-hmm. it on, on the, the few things that are absolutely vital for the day at hand mm-hmm. is, is a really great tip for our listeners. And so I'm glad that you make that point. Um, Heather, let's go ahead and jump to you and, and talk a little bit about how you're using ShootQ in addition to Todoist and how that looks uh, week to week in you guys' workflow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, I just want to say that I'm really excited to talk about the topic of workflow because and, and getting things done because I'm not sure I can think of a more relevant or impactful topic for photographers uh, specifically. Um, I, when we talk about workflow, I, I, I am automatically associating this topic with a couple different motivating factors. And for me, I'm thinking of the fact that if we have a workflow in place that keeps ourselves organized and on task and getting things done, um, it's obviously impacting us. It's impacting our the quality of our lives. It's impacting our family and friends and whether or not we have time for those people. It's also impacting our clients' experience because if we aren't on top of things, then things are falling through the crack. There are simply too many details in running a photography business to remember them all. If we aren't, if we don't have a system, um, you know, one of the worst things that can happen is for a photo- for a client to get in touch with us and be like, "Did you forget about me? Or what about this? Or I've been waiting for this many weeks for this." I mean, that's just a horrible feeling. And so, I love having a workflow to avoid those kinds of client experiences where they don't feel like they're getting great customer service and in, and, you know, an individualized attention, attention, you know, to the things that they need. Yeah. And, and I want to comment on that too, because you're making a really great point. Again, it's easy to just kind of assume that this idea this topic of workflow is, you know, too nerdy a topic or maybe mm-hmm. irrelevant um, to the life of an artist, the life of a photographer. <laughs> the reality is it literally right. affects everything and ultimately everyone that we're connected to personally, professionally. If I'm not on top of my workflow game, that affects mm-hmm. uh, my working relationship with Haley, who does or who does the marketing work, the digital marketing work for Photographer's Edit. Uh, Heather, if you're not on top of your workflow game, it could potentially not only affect your relationship with your clients, but also your relationship with your business partner, who is also your husband yeah. uh, and Rich. So um, I, I think it's really important, and I'm glad you make the point to keep in mind that this topic of workflow is truly relevant to literally everything that we do. And um, you mentioned the word system, which is a really important word in this conversation, mm-hmm. the significance of systems, which are essentially easily repeatable steps in order to, to accomplish something. If we don't have a system in place, then it's going to be easy for us to function in this kind of haphazard manner, doing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We won't th- get things done as efficiently, and that will ultimately take away not only from the quality of our life as a business owner, but from the quality of our personal and, and our family lives as well. So I just wanted to comment on that. I think you're making some really great points and, and do please continue. Yeah. And my, my last point before continuing on with the nitty gritty is that um, our workflow impacts our vendor relationships. I will never forget um, a wedding planner coming up to me several years ago at a wedding. And she just had this look of like pleading in her eyes. And she said, I would really love it if you guys would get me images after this wedding. She said, Every photographer that I work with, I ask them for images and they say, oh, yes, we'll get those photos to you. And she said, and they never do. And I just I sensed the I sensed the power that we yield as photographers to stimulate and support and cheer on our the vendors that the people that have these talents that um, that we get to work with on a regular basis who maybe don't have the particular skill set that we have. And when the wedding is all said and done, I feel like we yield the power. We have the images. We have what the only thing that's left over after the day has come and gone. And there's all these people who are kind of relying on us to be able to visually represent their business as well on their websites and these kinds of things. And so I feel like that's I just wanted to touch on a couple of motivating factors, because for us, workflow has everything to do with, like I said, these these issues. So. um, So anyway, she, we have been some of her favorite photographers to work with ever since because we, we, we created a special gallery for her on shoot proof like we do after every wedding for vendors and we sent her the link and she was able to download the images and use those for her purposes. And I think that 
again, it takes having a workflow and it takes being on top of it, or you're going to have great intentions and you're even going to make, you know, verbal promises to people. And you're not going to be able to deliver if you don't have a system for getting that done. Um, can you be very well intentioned and say, yes, I will do that. And then just fail to do it because you got busy, you know? That's so true. Yeah, no, I think it's a wonderful point. And, and again, it, it reemphasizes the significance of having a system in place, not only to keep track of everything that we have to do, as, as you pointed out, Heather, but um, also yeah. that will kind of, it, it almost kind of helps push us along, right? If we're actually using the system, we're reminded of the things that need to be done. And it, if we're using that system correctly, mm -hmm. uh, to Haley's earlier point, it helps us keep focused on what needs to be done today. If we look at everything that has to be done on a larger scale, it's going to be overwhelming and we won't be as efficient or as motivated getting things done. If we use that system correctly and we're focusing on the day to day um, after having planned out our week, then we're much more likely to, to get those things done and then we can jump to the next day and get those things done and, and so on and so forth. So it helps mm -hmm. kind of minimize overwhelm and help push us along, making sure that we continue to be uh, productive. So that's great. Okay, please continue. <laughs> okay, no, awesome. So just a quick moment of honesty. Uh, we've been running our business for 11 years. And if I could go back um, and take care of the clients in those early days, the way that we do now, I would do it. I'm also probably going to feel that way five years from now. You know, I, we don't have it all together. We don't spend every single day perfectly. I just want to mention that I'm going to talk about some of the things that we do throughout the week and some of our workflow. But I just that's for me a disclaimer, like we've come a long, long way in our years of business, but we still have a long way to go. So I just want that to be clear. Uh, sometimes when photographers talk about their workflows, it can literally sound like they have it all together. They run a perfect business. It's a well-oiled <laughs> machine. Every day is completely predictable. Nothing yeah. unexpected ever happens in life. And I don't like listening to that because it, it makes me feel like, I guess I feel like I need someone to be relatable and I feel like I need hope, you know? Um, like there's there's room for improvement and we're all moving forward together. So, OK, that's, um, that's a good. It's actually a good reminder. And I do appreciate the honesty. And, and just a little side note, Heather, I think your mic from your from your earbuds is, is kind of running into something down there below that. So if you'll just kind of pull oh, okay. that out just a little bit, that'd okay, be great. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, yeah okay. perfect. All right. Go is ahead. Is that better? OK, it is. Um, so. I was mentioning to you a little while ago that um, Rich and I, as wedding photographers, our, our workflow week it, it tends to go in a cyclical nature from week to week. We'll have a wedding on a Saturday, and then our week sort of plays out from there. And um, so on a Saturday, uh, we will shoot a wedding. I will usually just shoot a couple hours with Rich. And at the end of that evening, we will come home and we will transfer all of our memory cards using a hub. And we will get all of that downloaded. Um, and that's kind of the only thing that we worry about doing on a Saturday evening after a wedding. Um, the goal there is to transfer the images and basically get them backed up. Okay. And then as those images are rendering in Lightroom, we'll go to sleep. Um, so those, so the images are rendering while we sleep. Um, on a Sunday, typically Sunday for us is primarily for church. It's primarily for family time, but we do tag team to call our wedding for photographers edit so that we can get that uploaded to photographers edit. And, um, so that's kind of like our one sort of work related task that we will do on a Sunday. And I feel like I just need to take a minute and talk to photographers for a second about photographers edit because <laughs> shameless we, plug here. <laughs> Rich, shameless. No, no. Yeah. I have no shame in this because <laughs> Rich and I, we feel like there is a recurring theme in the photo industry. Um, and I don't mean this in a condescending way. Please hear me. But I feel like the average photographer that we know is spending about 90% of their time editing photos and when we send off this um, on a Sunday, we'll, we'll, we'll upload, you know, these photos to photographers edit. And I'm telling you guys, it gives us time to do the kinds of tasks that move our business forward and allow us to grow our business in a proactive way. And I feel like we need to take that average percentage of time that we're, that photographers are complaining about spending behind, behind spending behind their computers, editing photos in any given week from about 90% down to about five, percent, 10%, maybe at the most, you're editing photos for, you know, your blog for social media, things like that. Um, so Sunday, like I said, we get those images to photographers edit, which is a lifesaver. Um, on Monday, we actually recall that wedding 
for the blog. We're, go we're going through again, specifically focused on choosing images that we're going to put on the, the blog for this, uh, for this particular event, for this wedding. Um, we're editing for the blog. We're gathering our vendor information to link to in the blog post. We're taking care of SEO, um, you know, everything that we know to do uh, for the blog post for SEO. And uh, then we're going to post a blog, you typically on a Monday. So now if I can just interject here for a second. So are these steps, steps mm -hmm. that you have outlined in ShootQ or are these steps, uh, steps that you have outlined in Todoist or a combination of both? Uh, it's a combination. Um, one thing that I was going to talk about is that Rich and I struggle a little. I feel like time blocking for us is a little like exercise. Sometimes you're like, this is healthy. This is great for me. This, <laughs> this is a good thing. And yet when you fall off the wagon, it seems to take a little bit of effort to get back. So if we have a, a trip or a vacation or, a you know, you're out of town for a period of time and your your week or your days or whatever, you know, you get out of your routine. I feel like it's a for us, it tends to be a little hard to get back. And I think that's because there's a bit of inconsistency that comes with running a business and we homeschool our kids. And so there's a lot of pieces that are kind of moving in any given week that make it a, for us a little hard. We're not. And, and that's why I talk about a, a, a weekly workflow is that it tends to work for us better to say, OK, how much time do we actually have today? Let's divvy up these tasks. Let's put them on to do it. Let's figure out and just kind of have a little meeting about what's going to get done that day. We know, generally speaking, the tasks that need to get done, but the blog that I was just referring to, it's not always going to happen on a Monday. It's going to happen that week, but it doesn't always happen on a particular day. So sure. does that make sense to you? Well, and, and I think you bring up an interesting point, which is that, that um, and, and of course, everybody's going to kind of handle their task and project management differently. But one of the, the potential drawbacks um, to assigning a date to a to-do to do item um, is that, like you said, especially as entrepreneurs who are looking for flexibility, it's, it's not necessarily always going to make the most sense for that particular week to get that thing done on that particular day. Now, mm -hmm. Haley's got a little bit of a different workflow, at least mm -hmm. working for Photographer's Edit, in that there are certain things that have to be done on a daily basis. Or, you know, for example, we're doing Workflow Wednesday today, and then the podcast mm -hmm. episode is going to go out. That's kind of a non-negotiable as far as the time frame is concerned. But uh, something, some, some of the tasks that we have to get done, including some of those that I that I have to do as well, um, don't necessarily have to have a due date associated with them. And and having a loose daily for me, and, and I'll talk about this in a little bit more detail, but having a loose daily schedule for me within which then I take care of particular tasks as opposed to things having to do every task that I create, having a due date assigned to it, I think gives me a little bit more flexibility and I feel less kind of micromanaged by mm -hmm. my own self, if right. you will, or by the system. And uh, so having that flexibility is really, really nice. But I'll go back to my original question, which is, do you have these each of these steps then outlined? You talked about moving things, for example, into Todoist. Mm -hmm. Do you have each of these steps outlined in ShootQ and then you're moving them into Todoist? Or are you just kind of deciding on that day what needs to get done that day? What how does what does that look like? Yeah, um, it's a great question. And and we've we've done it multiple ways. And I feel like that's sort of a an ever changing system. But Typically, we don't, we will typically take a, 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 I feel like ShootQ is not our, we're not going logging into ShootQ every single day to check off our tasks. I feel like that's what we're using Todoist for. So a lot like what Haley was talking about, ShootQ for us, we've been using it more as long-term goals, client management. Of um, We keep a lot, we house a lot of information in there. We're using it to make sure that we don't let anything slip through the cracks long-term, but we're using Todoist more on a daily basis. Um, so yes, there will be some repetition and some duplication of tasks that ShootQ is pulling up for us to do. And then we're having a meeting about what needs to get done this week or this day. And we're, you know, that's where those to-doist tasks are going. So, um, so anyway, does that answer your question? Well, I, I think uh, to a point, yeah. So, that, for example, the blog post, mm -hmm. is that something that is built into, into ShootQ? I mean, do you have it listed as a line item in ShootQ or do you have it listed as a line item in Todoist? Or is it just something that you're kind of keeping in the back of the back of mind and then you're putting it into the task manager for that day? Yes. Yes. Every task is um, in ShootQ. Every, okay. every aspect of workflow that we, you know, from the time that a client literally contacts us with an inquiry, every... Thing is in shoot queue. 
Got it. Um, Rich has just found that for staying on task, the morning reminders, the fact that he can delegate between team members, those are the kinds of things that Todoist has really helped with that ShuQ isn't helping us with at this moment. Um, so we are using both. There's a little bit of duplication happening, but I think for his personality and the ADD that he struggles with, it's been really helpful to, okay, use, cool. to have a little bit of overlap. Not, not a ton, but a little bit. Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you, so, you, you call through that wedding mm-hmm, and you, you mm-hmm. call a second time on Monday or, mm-hmm. or thereabouts for the blog. And then what's or the next sending thing? to edit? We've call, we've recalled now for the blog. We've gotten that blog post ready and posted it. And so Tuesday, we're promoting the blog on social media. We're letting our clients know it's up. They're sending that to their friends and family. We're letting the vendors know that that blog is up. We've also created now a um, shoot proof folder specifically for our vendors to be able to go on there and download relevant images for their businesses. So um, Tuesday is really spent, like I said, promoting that blog. We've linked to the vendors in the blog, but now on Facebook, we're sharing the link to the blog, but we're also linking the the vendors' Facebook pages on um, on our announcement of the blog post. And in Instagram, we're tagging the vendors. So um, we, I just feel like blogging for us, it is a form of free marketing for photographers. Um, we went through a period of time where we weren't using photographers edit to edit our images, which meant that we were spending our weeks editing the photos, which meant that we were not making the time on a weekly basis to blog every wedding. Well, what you lose there in not blogging every wedding is you lose your ability as a wedding photographer to have your work seen by anybody but the client. If you are spending your entire week editing and then you upload that wedding for your clients and you didn't have time to blog, the client's friends and family may not be seeing the wedding. The vendors who contributed to that wedding may not be seeing um, you know, the photos. Um, and so there's a lot of power. There's a lot of relational power in a, in a blog post and then, and then taking the time to promote that blog post. And like I said, you know, link vendors and, um, be sure that they get the credit that they deserve and keep those relationships, uh, really healthy, you know? Yeah, and and this is yet again another good point, and I'll just kind of reiterate this. Um, This is something that we've talked about before on the podcast, but the the significance of of outsourcing or delegating your post-production work, your editing work, uh, really largely comes in where that free time not only, of course, enables you to be able to spend more more time with your friends, with your family, uh, which is a huge topic in and of itself, but it also enables you to do the things that are going to actually move your business forward. And and to your point, Heather, I mean, the average photographer, based on conversations that I've been having, mm-hmm. even as of late, is probably spending 12 to 16 hours at least processing a wedding, and, and in many cases, much more than that. And it's spread mm-hmm. out over days or even weeks. And what that's getting in the way of is them spending, you know, the Part of, part of the apprehension that photographers have with outsourcing editing work is the cost. And they think, well, if I spend a couple hundred dollars, I, that's, that's cash out of my pocket. And, and that, that cash means a lot right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching my budget and I, I need to book X number of weddings and X number of portrait sessions. And if I spend a couple hundred dollars, that's something I could have spent here or there. The reality is you save, first of all, your time is worth so much on an hourly basis. And, if, and if, as a business owner, those of you listening in haven't figured out how much time that hour is worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, then, then you need to do that. You need to take the time to sit down and do that. Because if you can delegate that work for cheaper than what you're worth per hour, um, not only are you saving time and money there, but then ultimately you have the freedom to do the things that are going to actually build your business. And you spoke to relationships, and this is a story I've told multiple times in the podcast before, but um, we've had the opportunity to work with um, a, a company that's now owned by by Morgan, who we've also had on the podcast um, not very long ago, but um, who was originally owned by Taylor. And we had the chance as wedding photographers to work with Taylor. Taylor would literally bring clients in, sit them down and sell to them for us in our office. I could just sit back and, and listen to Taylor because she was so excited about us. This is the kind of relationship that we're talking about establishing with vendors um, or those in your local market who can ultimately help you build your business. That's the time you should be spending that 12 yes. to 16 hours or more on. And the cool thing is you could spend even a fraction of that developing relationships and still have time left over to do other things in your business or spend time with those who are important to you. So um, this is where really some of the most significant value comes from delegating that editing work. It's not just 
um, mm-hmm. you know, hyperbole, hyperbole or, or, or sales talk on my part as a company owner. The reality is we saw it hands on uh, first person as photography business owners. Heather is, has experienced that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think our listeners need to keep that in mind. But I will, I will press and let you continue. <laughs> no, it's profound. It's good stuff. Um, Wednesdays, Rich and I have a work date on Wednesday evenings. And what I love about this is that we can talk about how the week is going, what still needs to get done. We can kind of touch base and check in with each other. Um, we have two kids and I homeschool. So even a working date feels like a regular date sometimes just because you're away and you're kind of enjoying each other. And that's a really cool time that we get together. We can talk about miscellaneous tasks that need to still get done that week. Um, we, uh, we have budget meetings twice a week on once on a Wednesday evening and once on Sunday evenings. And so that's, that's just, we use mint, um, which we love for budget. And so that's just one of our biweekly meetings on Wednesday evenings to touch base about finances and how things are going in that regard. That is um, hardcore twice a week, twice is- a week, man, we stay up with it. Yeah. Wow. That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll make sure to link to Mint in the show notes too. Mint is a great tool that I've also used um, actually over years now. Um, it's, it's, it's free. Um, it's easy to set up a budget to follow that, to tie it to your bank accounts and credit yep. card accounts and make sure that your spending is where it should be. So it's, it's a really powerful tool. Yes. Agreed. And um, Thursday mornings, we have a local photographer's work gathering, which has been really cool. You guys have both been showing up for that, which I love. Um, that's shout just out to, that the, to the local Chattanooga photographers too. <laughs> <laughs> we really, so that's something that we put on our calendar for Thursday mornings. And whenever we can, we do that. We try to prioritize that, which again is another thing that comes from outsourcing. You can have time for, you know, these working relationships, um, in addition to the vendor relationships, in addition to the, the, you know, growing your business and moving forward and things like that. So, um, we'll do some album design a lot of times on a Thursday. Um, and around this time, our, you know, photographer's edit is getting the wedding back to us that uh, we're uploading for our clients around the time they're getting home from their honeymoon, um, which is just, you know, incredible. Fridays, we will take a family day sometimes. Sometimes Rich will go and network with local vendors, literally in person showing up, bringing some brochures uh, to the vendors. Um, that's something that he's been doing a lot of lately is pre-designing uh, some really cool pamphlets and brochures and things that he can drop off, drop off to vendors and touch base with them, see them in person, shake their hands, say hello, continue those face-to-face relationships. That'll happen a lot of times on a Friday. And of course, prepping for our next wedding, you know, which will often be the next Saturday morning. So you can see the cyclical nature of what we do and how we like to be personal, but also professional. And we like to be as much as possible, uh, you know, a well-oiled, you know, machine in the sense that we have this repetitive nature for the tasks that we do, and we're able to accomplish those each week within the week, so much so that that wedding that we shot last Saturday is now wrapped up. The clients have their images. The blog has been put out. The vendors are happy because they've got their photos, and you just kind of have this, you're just kind of creating this buzz because you're on top of things, you know? Um Rich and I were having a really interesting conversation recently about Amazon and how Amazon is just on it. They're just a company that's on it. And you know, when we think about who we are as photographers and what a highly personal thing it is that we're doing, our clients are literally letting us into the most intimate moments of their wedding days. And it's so personal, but we, in that, in, you know, in order to be personal, you don't have to lose efficiency and you don't have to lose, you don't have to set aside your ability to automate things in order to have that level of person, you know, personal touch. And so, you know, Amazon is such an incredible company because you get an email from them and, and, and you know, it's automated, you know, some, you know, software robot has sent it to you because, but you're not thinking, oh, this feels very impersonal. You're thinking, oh my gosh, they're on it. You know, they're on it and I love it because I'm a consumer, I'm a customer, I'm a client, whatever. And that feels incredible to have the company that you're dealing with to just be on it, on the ball, you know, things aren't slipping through the cracks. And so we were just having a really interesting conversation about being a personal business and serving our clients in a really personal way, but also being professional and um, organized and on it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag on it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's it's very true. And and um, there are really multiple talking points here, but I'll keep it short for the sake of time. We have just a few minutes left here. Um, the the very fact that you have a workflow in place enables you guys to be able to accomplish what you need to in the span of a week for this client uh, efficiently. And, and the reality is, if you're following that system, and I'm sure you've seen this, and, and this would be true for any photographers out there that actually put a system in place, not only put a system in place, because it's one thing to develop a system or have a system, it's another thing to actually follow through on it. Uh, but when you when you follow through on it, for those of you listening in, um, that will then enable you to have much more flexibility and freedom in your life. When I hear photographers talk about how, quote, busy they are, especially wedding photographers, this has confused me for the longest time. Um, you're shooting 20, 25, maybe 30 weddings a year. There's no question because I, I've done this. I've shot as many as 40 weddings in a year. Um, I know how busy or, or ultimately how tiring shooting that many weddings in a year can be, even 20 or 25. It, it can be quite uh, tasking. But the actual workflow it requires on a weekly basis to run a business that's shooting anywhere from 20 to 30 weddings a year, that's a full-time job, mm -hmm. is relatively minimal if, A, you're taking advantage of tools like ShootQ or like HoneyBook that help automate those processes. And B, you're actually following through on those processes consistently. The reality is, yes, you may have a meeting pop up. You may meet with a client. Maybe as a wedding photographer, you occasionally have an engagement session. So these are things that are going to happen during the week that will eat, potentially eat into the amount of time that you have in a week. But as a general rule and for the most part, the actual workflow it takes to accomplish kind of the, the busy work, the admin work that it requires to, or that is required by your business or of your business really doesn't actually have to take that much time if you put these systems in place. And so it takes, again, putting the system in place to begin with, taking advantage of a system like ShootQ or HoneyBook or um, ShootFlow, as we talked about, but then actually following through on that, and it will save an incredible amount of time in your life, not to mention you add in outsourcing or delegating your editing work, and you're going to literally, you will be wondering what to do with your time. And again, there's opportunity there not only to connect with those who are close to you, but also to, to, to spend more time and effort and energy on those things that are going to actually build your business. So this is a really, really great conversation, and, and Heather, I appreciate you sharing there. I think I and, overshared, but I hope that it was helpful. You know, oh, the, the detail is, is, is always nice. And I'm going to keep mine short because really my workflow is very, very simple. Uh, there are a couple of points that I wanted to make, though. And, and one would be, and, and Heather already touched on this, but the significance of delegation. And um, it, it, this is not just true when it comes to editing. I've been reminded even in the last day or two as I'm actually working on a kind of a redesign project for photographers edit. Uh, the significance of delegation um, not only simply for the sake of saving time, but ultimately minimizing stress and likely getting whatever that thing is done more effectively, certainly more efficiently, uh, especially if it's not your specialty. Um, you know, I, I pride myself in having a good eye for design, but the reality is I'm not a designer. So when it comes to, to considering user interface and, and user um, experience and ultimately creating a workflow for our potential clients and for our clients at Photographer's Edit. Um, that is not my number one profession. And uh, I should be delegating that work to somebody who specializes in it. And this is just one small example, but I've been reminded of that reality here in the last couple of days. I'm in the process right now of beginning some collaboration with um, some other professionals in our industry who do specialize in these things that help me uh, and to be able to delegate some of that work, and in some cases, all of that work to someone else or to a group of people who specialize in that, that's going to save me time and enable me to focus on those things that are even more important to the bigger picture of photographer's edit. So I'm glad that you brought up that that, that point about delegation, Heather. Um, and then I'm, I want to share my screen here, and I'm going to do that. I've actually have never done this. Um, let me see if this will it'll let us do this here really quickly having me plug something in. All right, so let me pull up Todoist really quickly here. And I'm gonna pull up, and here we go. And ladies, if you'll comment, let me know if you're seeing Todoist. Are you seeing Todoist on your screen there? No, not right now. <laughs> not right the second, okay. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and leave it up on screen just in case um, those who are actually listening in, it looks like I need to actually share this. Here we go. This will do the trick. Aha. Uh -huh. Yep. 
All right. Can you see that there now? Yes. All right. Perfect. So for those for those of you who are just listening in on the Boca podcast, um, you can always go to our Facebook page, the Photographer's Edit Facebook page, um, so that you can see this uh, workflow actually demonstrated. Um, and that will be really important. For those of you listening in, I'm going to try to comment on this in as much detail as possible. Very, very quickly, one of the principles that we talked about in last week's episode is the significance when picking a piece of software that enables you to handle project and task management, to be able to separate between those two elements, projects and tasks. And so for the sake of example, what you're going to see here in Todoist over in the left-hand column is a list of the projects. These are both projects for me personally, and you also see some shared projects. For example, IT for Photographer's Edit. This is shared. This is a list, a project list that is shared with our uh, development team, our web development team. Photographer's Edit, digital marketing or PE digital marketing. This is a list that I share with Haley and I'm able to, to assign tasks to her. We can have discussion about individual tasks, share, share images, comment on a task, uh, give each other updates and so forth. Uh, but the significance of separating projects and tasks. Make sure you go back and to listen to the last episode so you understand this principle a little bit more effectively. Uh, but this particular piece of software, Todoist, enables me to do just that. And it's really important um, to, to be able to create that separation so I don't get overwhelmed, as Haley was talking about earlier, by looking at all these uh, massive, massive projects at once. Instead, I'm able to separate my individual to-dos for the day into tasks. And these tasks, of course, are a part of these individual projects. Now, Todoist, and, and you'll better understand this if you actually read the book, Getting Things Done, uh, but Todoist, I, I not only have projects, but then also lists of tasks because sometimes I have an individual task that needs to get accomplished. It's not part of a larger project, but for example, it's associated with work for me. And so right now, very simply, I have these first four lists right here separated into shopping. Uh, yes, that is my my shopping list, uh, believe it or not. And, and then research. Um, very, very simply, rather than getting distracted by something that I that comes to mind or that I hear about on a podcast or whatever the case during the week um, and taking time to research that in the middle of getting tasks that I need done for that particular day, I can add that item to my research list. And that is helpful just for encouraging focus. We talked earlier about the, the, the reality for probably really all of us, which is easily getting distracted these days, there's so much noise digitally or otherwise. And um, so for the sake of focus, mm -hmm. having a research list that I can put that, those items into uh, to then go into on Saturday. Saturday mornings is kind of my research time uh, is really, really helpful. And uh, then personal, very simply, a personal task list uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. And then a work task list. There have been times where I've separated my, my work task list into multiple lists for multiple companies. At this point, it's easiest for me to, to keep those all in just one list. And um, and then what I can do um, with that particular list is to go in and pull, and just for the sake of privacy at this point, I'm not going to go into that list, but um, I can go into that list and pull uh, and, and take an individual task. In fact, I'll just create one here so that you can see. Um, we'll go to my inbox. Uh, and, and by the way, we, we talked earlier about the, the ability to be able to kind of do a, a mental uh, unload into a system. The inbox in Todoist is a perfect place for this. And, and I can literally just hit the letter Q and, and type something to, to unload into the inbox, hit enter, it goes into the inbox, hit Q again, type another task, put it in there. And then later on, of course, I can, I can move that task into the appropriate list um, or complete it as necessary. But for the sake of example here, I'm just going to create a quick task and um, I'm going to say share with workflow Wednesday. Now, I, this is a particular item I've just dumped into the inbox. I'm going to organize that now. So I'll, I'll just click on this here and edit task. And very quickly, I can assign it to a project. So I can move that particular item into the work project. And if I want to, I can apply a tag to it. And I'll explain the significance of this here in just a second. But I'm going to apply a proactive tag to this. And then if I want to add a reminder to it, I can do the same thing. And then a priority as well. And then if I want to schedule that, uh, and, and this is, again, important for those tasks that need to be accomplished, maybe in a daily or weekly or monthly basis or even a quarterly basis, take taxes, for example, I can create that task and I can assign a due date to that task if I want to. Now, if I save this at this point, this is going to automatically, because I've, I've assigned that work or assigned it to a work project, it's going to automatically fall into 
the work project. I'll click save and you'll see it goes away and the task was moved to work. You can see that at the bottom. Um, and so that's very simply how this works. So I separate tasks and projects. Um, I can assign individual tasks to the appropriate projects or lists. And then I can assign, I can assign each of those tasks tags, proactive or reactive. And I think we talked about this in the last episode, but just to very quickly recap, proactive tasks are those tasks or activities that will help move my business forward or increase my bottom line. And then reactive tasks, and let me, uh, I'm gonna hide the screen here, we'll jump back. There we go, now we're back. Um, reactive tasks are those tasks that have to be accomplished in order for my business or even my personal life to exist, but don't necessarily require me and aren't necessarily tied to or likely not tied directly to increasing my bottom line. Now, my goal, and, and to Heather's earlier point, my, I'm, um, I, I have much work to do in being consistent in, in this workflow that I'm sharing with you. This is certainly the ideal workflow, but my goal on a daily basis would be to focus on three proactive tasks that yeah. by definition, again, are moving my business forward. And those three tasks are the priority. So ideally, at the end of my previous workday, I go in, I pull from that work list uh, three tasks that are proactive in nature. I move them, I assign a due date to them for tomorrow so that naturally then when I go into Todoist, I look at the today screen and those three things pop up. And those are the three tasks that I focus on for that day. Those get done before anything else. And as a result, not only has my business been moved forward, even if I don't get anything else the rest of the day, uh, accomplished. Hmm. My business has been moved forward because I've accomplished those three tasks, even if it's just one, but ideally at least three that are proactive in nature. My business has been moved forward and then I can get on to it, potentially any busy work that may be left over uh, on my task list. I have a few repeating tasks um, tied to uh, various things, including creating podcast outlines or interview outlines or uh, getting involved in, in certain Facebook groups or otherwise that are repeating tasks, but those things should be sidelined uh, for the sake of prioritizing the three MITs, the most important tasks for the day. I think that the MIT uh, idea was something that I learned. There's a book that I read a little while back. It was either rework. Um, I'll, I'll find the resource and, and we can link to it in the show notes as well. But regardless, MITs focusing on the most important task for the day, getting those things done first while your, your brain is fresh, your most creative, and then move on to that kind of mundane busy work. And uh, that's the goal with the daily workflow. So that's the simple version, just on, on a, a, again, the, the, the nitty gritty, the practical level. Uh, I'm gonna make sure that we're all here on the screen so that we can uh, kind of finish the conversation together here. But um, that's what my day-to-day -day workflow um, looks like as far as Todoist is concerned. And uh, that's at least the goal, hashtag goals, right? Right. Um, if, if, uh, and if I'm consistent with that, then again, the importance that the important idea here is that I'm continuing to move my business forward, even whether it's one or two or three or five tasks that day, I've accomplished something proactive in nature, and that takes priority over the busy work. Um, again, you can go back and listen to some of the, the podcast episodes where we talk specifically about task and project management, accomplishing goals to understand the significance of proactive versus reactive tasks. Um, and even how to minimize the amount of reactive work so that you can focus on the proactive, have much more freedom and flexibility in your life while you're simultaneously getting a lot more done and moving your business forward. So uh, I will leave it at that. These are really big topics, multiple yeah. topics really that we've touched on uh, and of themselves, but uh, I think we're at the hour mark. So we're gonna go ahead and, and close here. Haley, do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, uh, one thing I did wanna mention is that and I think someone mentioned it earlier is every person is different and not every system is going to work for you the way it works for a colleague or a friend or whatever. Um, and I think that's something I'm learning more and more here recently in testing different um, project management softwares, um, different techniques. So I never thought that time blocking would work for me, but I'm kind of, enjoying it here recently and it's keeping me on track. So I think just testing out different techniques and systems is really important to figuring it, figuring it out, but don't waste. I think you mentioned this last week. Don't waste all your time doing it. Stick to one for a little while. If it doesn't work, try a new one, but 
Just yeah, it's so true. It's it, it, you really can kind of get caught up in the process of either trying to find the perfect piece of software, mm-hmm. or once you have that that software establishing the perfect workflow, um, don't get too caught up in the. Or as Gary Vaynerchuk would say, don't be too romantic. Right, just get the things done that need to be done mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And and it's what is important is that you're putting some type of system in place. I will I will add the caveat to that: minimize the number of moving parts. Um, we've talked about different styles of workflow today, but the goal and one of the reasons I've chosen to do this and use that specifically is because I like a minimalist workflow, not just because I like to call myself a minimalist, but because the less moving parts that we have in our lives as entrepreneurs, the less mental clutter and the more efficiently that we can get things done. So minimize the number of moving parts as much as possible. Heather, do you have anything you want to add uh, to that? No, I think I talked a little much. <laughs> Not at all. No, no. The details are really important. It was very nitty gritty and I hope that's okay. It was very super practical. So, (laughs) And practical is good. This topic would, uh, I think, be lost on a lot of people if it wasn't practical. So I appreciate you sharing all those details. Uh, Thank you all for listening in, for joining Facebook Live on the Photographer's Edit Facebook page and listening into the Book of Podcasts. Uh, We we will um, actually not have a Workflow Wednesday episode next week. Uh, We should be back the following week. Um, with Workflow Wednesday again, but um, this month or the last couple of episodes anyway have been focused on getting things done. Make sure you listen to last week's episode as well as this week. Uh, I appreciate you joining in with us for listening in. Thank you, Heather and Haley, for sharing and uh, we'll talk to you guys more soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.